0: Welcome to Are You Quizzing Me? I'm Vineet Nair with my co-host Aditya Kaship. This is a quizzing trivia podcast show where we ask each other questions and share what we know and learn with you. Though in a quizzing format, it's not competitive. The questions are simply a way of sharing our love of trivia. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the depths of human knowledge. Here's the format. We ask each other questions alternatingly, as many as time permits, while giving as many clues as needed to help each other get to the answer. Let's get quizzing. Welcome back, everyone. It's another day, another episode of Are You Quizzing Me? And as usual, before we start with our quizzing for this episode, we have to answer the question that Aditya put to all of us last week. Uh, A tightrope of a question this time, but uh, Aditya, you do remember that you had asked our audience, if the RAF boys were called the Brill Cream boys, what are the boys of the Indian Air Force called?
1: Um, so I, I, have thought about this long and hard and I believe, uh, they would be called the Hava Hawais. And, uh, that is simply because they are in the air a lot of time and they're cool like the song was and catchy like the song uh-huh. was. So it is Hava Hawais of, <laughs> of the Indian pop culture. And okay, that is um, the answer but- that I, I spent a week, uh, Contemplating and I believe that should probably get me cancelled. So just for our listeners, no, you know, our no, no, last episode
0: bombed. I think somebody from the you know the Western Air command for... is going to drop a bomb on house,
1: basically. Yeah, a targeted missile paper, is headed my way as soon as no, this no, episode no, 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 is up. Targeted released.
0: missiles and all. They'll just drop a cluster bomb, basically, why <laughs> That
1: is that would be a fair response, yes. <laughs> Ready. Right.
0: Okay. Uh, With that out of our way and Aditya counting down the time till he dies from a bomb blast from the Air Force. (laughs) (laughs) I think, Aditya, it's your your turn to start off the proceedings this week.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So uh, this week, I'm doing some of my favorite trivia, which again Mm -hmm. might be on the easier side, but it's just trivia that I've always loved. So um, let's talk with something from the world of cinema. Okay. The California Institute of Arts has a very famous room that has been referenced in multiple movies. Which room is this and how has it been referenced?
0: Okay, I uh, don't remember the room number, but it's Pixar, right? If I'm not mistaken, Pixar references that room, the room number in their uh, movies, but I is it 311 or no, for some reason, I'm just
1: thinking Oh, you're very, very close. It is A113. So, A113. A113. Okay, A113. Okay. So, a lot of Pixar fans would know that that is a common Easter egg in all their movies. It's been uh, the license plate number in some movies or it's the code on a cereal box in, I believe, Bugs oh, okay. Life. Um, yeah, so there are a bunch of uh, interesting such Easter eggs. And uh, what I love about this Easter egg is that it references to their alma mater for a lot of the Pixar uh, stalwarts. And uh, the fact that they graduated from California Institute of the Arts, uh, there was a classroom used by the graphic design and character animation students. So the bunch of them from the cl- uh, who studied there, including John Lasseter, Brad Bird, I uh, just wanted to put this little easter egg and I love that. Little cutie oh, easter okay. egg. Nice,
0: yeah. nice. It is. It's a It's a, it's a very famous uh, piece of trivia, I believe. That, yeah, it uh, is. with but... a lot of uh, you know easter eggs. They have this habit of putting easter eggs of their upcoming movies also in the current ones.
1: Which, which makes it so much more interesting because then you get to uh, look back and be like, oh my god, they had already <laughs> had this in design. <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, was it? I don't remember, but I think it was Dan Brown, uh, who also hid clues to his next books, uh, in the covers of. I think Da Vinci Code had a clue about the next book or something in the hidden in the cover artwork or something. I don't remember, but yeah, Easter eggs have a lot
1: of fun. I will fact check that, but that sounds like a pretty cool Easter egg, yeah, yeah. yeah and no uh, idea.
0: James Gunn also has done the same thing, but I think he's his Easter eggs have still not completely been. Uh, dug up yet fans are still pursuing he says that a lot of easter eggs that he put in guardians of the galaxy have still not you know been identified
1: but, interesting uh, i mean it? that uh, speaking of easter eggs you cannot forget the king uh quentin tarantino the oh, man yeah. who literally yeah. wants to tie in every movie to every other movie and every character <laughs> to every other character so yeah Well, that's a lovely little common piece of trivia, but something I thought we should ask once. No, definitely, definitely,
0: definitely. There's there's nothing common about it. It's just, you know, I was lucky (laughs) enough to know it. So it seems by comparison easy. (laughs) Fair Uh, enough, all right. (laughs) Okay, so my question, I'm going to shift to sports. In India, a sports league made its debut season in 2012 with teams named the Patiala Silverbacks, the Kolkata Vipers, the Pune Marathas, the Navi Mumbai Sabres, and the Bangalore Warhawks. Which sport?
1: I'm gonna say volleyball. No. Okay, no idea. I need a clue. I was just guessing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so let's just say that it's not an Indian game at all. Like, you wouldn't expect this game in India at all.
1: Okay. Uh, could you repeat some of the names?
0: okay yeah definitely uh, so the team names included the patiala silverbacks the kolkata vipers the pune marathas the navi mumbai sabers and the bangalore warhawks frankly much better Ooh. names than any of the ipl names that we
1: have I really names. love the names yeah. <laughs> yeah um i i wow i have no clue at all i would need a clue then i guess yeah they sounds okay, like good great um, names but i have no idea what the <laughs> Yes,
0: okay, so I'm going to give you one clue, the name of the sport itself has a country's name in it, that should kind of give you what it is.
1: The name of the sport has a country's name in it?
0: Yeah.
1: American football?
0: Yes, it is American football. Oh, wow, okay,
1: interesting. (laughs) Yeah, there was an American
0: football league, yeah.
1: That actually, you know, because you said all of these animals and the names, it sounded very much like your American football team names, because they also yeah. have a bunch of animals in their names. Oh, but yeah, tell me more.
0: So the it was the Elite, Elite Football League of India, or EFLI. Uh, it mm. was announced with much fanfare and some high profile names attached to it. The eight team mm. league uh, enjoyed the backing of Super Bowl winning coach Mike Ditko, sorry mm. Mike Ditka and support from uh, sports investor and Hollywood actor Mark Wahlberg. Its owners were a mixture of NRIs and American businessmen. And in the summer of 2012, the first EFLI season was played, filmed, and aired on 10 sports with Emmy Award-winning football director Sandy Grossman at the helm. And the fight song was written by three-time Grammy Award winner Adonis. But the fact of the matter is, after I think its first two seasons, it just kind of disappeared, dissipated into the wind. They had planned to have, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, matches also held in Sri Lanka and parts of India as well. But towards the second season, it just fell apart because American football in India is not a thing.
1: Of course, yeah, that can't have been easy.
0: The uh, the English, we were ruled by the English for, what, 200-300 odd years and we still haven't picked up rugby so, I'd be very surprised if we managed to pick
1: up American football. I don't know if there are many examples of sports which a country has literally put their stamp on. Like, I can't imagine any other country just being like, I don't know, Malaysian Karam. Like, it's just, it's so interesting. <laughs> but the Americans are like, I, you know what, I know what your football is, but here's my version and let me call that the World Series and <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that's the other
0: thing. They always when, when it comes to the NBA or the you know American football or baseball, they always call it the World Series, right?
1: Yeah, and
0: yeah. Uh, it's never it's never the World Series. I mean, like it's just American teams playing. How is it the World Series?
1: Quite literally, I mean, nobody I mean, outside of the United States of America cares about <laughs> who won the <laughs> quite, American quite. football. Oh well, I guess that's what it means to be a superpower. You just get to (laughs) do what you want, put your stamp on name on games, and uh, say that's the one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can name your game after uh, a football, like you can name it football without actually having to, you know, play with your feet, and you can play (laughs) it like rugby, but a wimpier form where you actually wear helmets and uh, shoulder pads.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, India should do that. India should just take like. uh, Ice hockey, but because we don't have a lot of spaces where you could do ice hockey in, so it is going to play it inside <laughs> a small room and without fingers. Well, basically, I'm <laughs> describing carom then, I guess. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so, Indian ice hockey is caram. I'm <laughs> just going to call it. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, my question, my question. Yeah,
0: your turn,
1: your turn. What do... The folds in a chef's toque represent? The folds in a chef's? Toque? Toque? I'm not sure how that is pronounced, but the chef's hat. How do you spell that? The chef's hat. Okay, okay. T-O-Q-U-E.
0: Okay, toque. Okay, okay. What do the folds in a chef's hat...
1: So it has like a hundred folds. What What does that represent?
0: I would think something to do with the experience... Or uh, uh, their years uh, of service
1: or something. All right. I guess maybe if I can always assume that if, if Vinay doesn't know it, then probably it isn't as common a piece of trivia. <laughs> so no, that is not the right answer. Okay, I assumed okay. it was very common, but perhaps it isn't. Okay. Uh, no, that's not the right answer. Now
0: that would be my first guess that you know when you have you know more more pleats or whatever or more that's, that's That's that that a to... wonderful.
1: That's a wonderful guess. That's a wonderful guess, but no, it's not the right answer.
0: Not that. Okay. Okay. So. No, you'll have to give me some kind of
1: clue. So it has to do, obviously, with cooking and a very common ingredient in the kitchen.
0: Common so ingredient in the kitchen?
1: Huh. You
0: know, the first thing that comes to mind when you say ingredient in the kitchen under chef's hat is... Uh, you've seen those uh, teppanyaki grill chefs, right? Who prepare mm-hmm, things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right in front of you. And they do mm-hmm. this uh, kind of acrobatic thing with eggs and everything where they will toss up an egg and then catch it in their cap.
1: Yep, 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 They do that same thing with...
0: Uh, no, yeah, they do it with eggs mostly. Uh, but obviously... I no, believe they not. do it
1: with a bunch of ingredients, but yeah, eggs definitely, yeah. Yeah, but
0: like eggs. Yeah, like I've never seen anybody do it with an onion or a tomato or anything. It's always an egg.
1: They do it with like a shrimp as well. I've seen that ah, okay, happen. I've not seen that. I've not seen that. Toss the, the shrimp. The... Okay, into the hat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not no, into it's... the hat. I, I believe that yeah. would make the shrimp unusable, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah okay okay no, okay, so see, okay so let's see um okay i'm uh, thinking of uh, that movie julia and me the scene where julia child is just chopping onions uh, mm-hmm. is it no i mean like how would, how would that make sense like it's onions and then would it make sense now common ingredient no you'll have to give me something more sorry uh
1: okay so you were very close with actually your guess earlier so i would i would just point you back to where you came from Eggs? Eggs. Eggs is where you are at, yeah. Any, any way you're gonna just wrap up that answer and tie it up with a neat little bow for me? Eggs. Okay,
0: they know how to... Uh... So, wait, the number of folds differ among chefs or it's the same across chefs?
1: Uh, the, It's supposed to be 100 folds in the traditional uh, chef's Okay. Hat. Okay. Uh, what a hundred ways to make
0: eggs or something,
1: eh, bang on, nothing more that I could ask for. It is Seriously? the hundred hundred supposed ways that you can make an egg, so, hundred different recipes to cook an egg is what the hundred folds represent.
0: Oh, okay, and, uh, so you, you earn the chef's talk, which is something again pil. Uh, but uh, so you earn a chef's talk after you learn to prepare eggs. You are ways. supposed
1: to have mastered the hundred different ways, and that is what, what entitles you. And the, it represents the mastery of all these hundred different ways. And interestingly enough, I don't know if anybody seen the movie, but here's a shout out: the Hundred Foot Journey. Uh, it's again a oh, movie based really off a, record, a food. Of Uh, It's this Indian family which moves to some place in France, I believe, and ah, okay. the, the, yes, yes, the And some point in the film, I think he's tested. Uh, for his skills in the kitchen and uh, he's asked to prepare a simple egg I believe Um, and he's told that if you can master this one little thing you perhaps do have some skill in the kitchen so goes to show and especially perhaps in the French uh, uh, world of cooking which is highly influential as we all know in the cooking world um, they, they do prestige the egg a lot and the number of ways that you can cook them
0: and and um, i mean like it's not easy to make a good egg is is deceptively difficult you would think it's very easy yeah
1: i just think that uh, anybody who is who is struggling too hard with an egg is perhaps being slightly foolish because at the end of the day any ruined recipe or of egg basically becomes a scrambled egg so it doesn't matter (laughs) what you try to do you there is no way that you're gonna mess up a, an egg burji. just just put it on <laughs> okay, that, that, that's just one
0: recipe. Try making a poached egg, you know the perfect poached egg in water the classical way oh, my god I Vini, that if
1: you are you are you are uh, missing missing the whole point <laughs> you don't tell people what recipe you're gonna make. you tell them you are making an egg. And whatever you try, if you mess it up, you tell them it was a scrambled egg. You always <laughs> planned on making it a scrambled
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay.
0: Okay. Okay, great. Good. I- I'll also pivot to food. I'll also do something with food. Okay. So this French pastry is made from puff pastry. You know what puff pastry is, right? It's a laminated dough, similar to the dough that used to make croissant, but without the addition of yeast. Okay. This pastry's original French name translates to palm tree leaf, palm tree leaf, and is known by many other names, translations, including pig's ear, palm heart, or elephant ear. Okay. Okay. This pastry is very well known in India, but by a different name.
1: Okay. Um,
0: uh, What's the name that you would know know it by in India?
1: Okay, French pastries, there are quite a few. My first instinct obviously was a croissant, but uh, that is something to do with the crescent shape, I believe, and not yeah anything to do with the ears.
0: Yeah, so, so the starting material is the same. Okay, the starting material is the same, but uh, don't mistake it to be, you know, uh, very similar to what a croissant would end up looking like, even though it's made from puff pastry. Back sure, in the sure. First because you would, I, w- I would point you to think more of like a biscuit-like consistency rather than a flaky poisson-like ah, consistency.
1: I see. And you said that the original French name is uh, palm it, leaf. It has,
0: yeah, translates to uh, palm tree leaf. There palm are other names leaf. in uh, other countries, which uh, the translations of which include pig's ear, palm heart, or elephant ear. Hmm.
1: I'm trying to think of a shape written like a palm tree leaf, elephant ear, pig's ear. Pig's
0: ear, palm heart, or elephant ear.
1: Hmm. A, can't think of something which jumps out immediately. Uh, what uh, Can I ask perhaps which part of India it's famous in or, or something along those lines? Okay. Everywhere. So across India.
0: If you've lived okay. in the past 20, 25 years, anytime in India, and if you've had access to a television, you know this.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So, television, so has it got to do with uh, a TV show? I will
0: give you an additional clue. It is famously uh, marketed by Britannia under a very, very popular brand name. That's the brand name is practically what I'm looking for.
1: Britannia? Yeah. It isn't uh, little hearts? By it is Britain, little hearts. Sure. Oh, it is little hearts. Okay. It is little hearts. <laughs> All right, interesting, okay. interesting.
0: Oh. Uh, I'll, for the sake of the audience, let me just elaborate. Uh, this particular pastry originated in French Algeria. Uh, it's called a palmier, which is short for fear de palmier or palm tree leaf. It's a uh, French pastry in a palm leaf or a butterfly shaped. Uh, and it was invented in the beginning of the 20th century. It's known as palmeras in Spain, where they are, and they're topped with honey in the Puerto Rican version. In Mexico and other Latin American countries, they are known as orejas, or ears. In China, they are known as butterfly pastries. In Greece, they are known as little glasses. In Germany, they're called pig's ear. In Italy, uh, they're called prussion, which is derisively after the large years of Prussian invaders. And in many other places. So in Catalonia and Valencia, they're called uh, eyeglasses or ulears. Uh, so in England, they are called little hearts and sweethearts. In Scotland, they're called as pig ears. In Pakistan, they're called French hearts. In Japan, they're called genji pie. And in India, they are known as elephant ears or French hearts. And it's uh, you know, marketed by Britannia under the brand name little hearts.
1: Very cool. Very cool if you go Pinterest.
0: online to uh, you know websites where you buy little hearts online say something like yummybazaar.com uh, even the description of little hearts is given as little heart britannia little hearts mini palmier's pack of 3 cookies okay mini okay. palmier's so very cool the uh, ordinary indian little heart is actually a very fancy french pastry
1: wow that is pretty cool yeah i love that um all right, I'm gonna pivot to something in the space of let's do sports. All right. Oh no! <laughs> Since you did did challenge me the sports question, I also <laughs> always get very uh, cold feet every time you say it's from the world of sports. I'm like, oh, it. Uh, <laughs> I am. I am. I am very, very challenged when it comes to sports, be it playing or, yes, or same here, knowing. Same here. <laughs> What is the sport that you like, though? Let me ask you that before we go to some trivia.
0: Okay, you're really putting me on the spot here. Uh, uh, I don't watch any kind of sport on a regular basis. But Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people who watches the World Cup when uh, the World Cup comes around, whether it's cricket or football. I watch it when it comes around. When the Olympics comes around, I watch it. But in between, no, nothing. I have a lot of friends who watch the Premier League and all things regularly, but not somebody who watches a sport. I do I do appreciate certain sports for their technicality, and like boxing for example. Okay, Even though I don't watch cool. it quite regularly or obsessively, I can really appreciate a, a boxing match, you know, the, the skill mm. and the kind of strategy that goes behind one.
1: Okay, pretty cool, pretty but cool.
0: Not an expert or a fan in any way, shape or form for any, any sport in particular.
1: Okay, well, that's uh, trivia specifically Vineet related, but (laughs) let me ask uh, a trivia that is more general, which which anybody else might also potentially know. Okay, Okay. the Brazilian luxury publisher Toriba Publica produced a limited edition book entitled 1283 and produced exactly 1283 copies. Okay. Who was this book about and why that number?
0: How many pages did it have? One, two, eight, three pages. Exactly. One, two, eight, three. Okay. Brazilian, right. So because you said it's Brazil, I'm thinking football. And because it's football, let's go through the big Brazilian name. So first one would be
1: Pele. Well, that's right. That is exactly why. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, it is it is. It Pele. W- what does the number refer to?
0: I have, I have no clue. I'm just literally guessing here. It's just 1, 2, eight, three,
1: uh... <laughs> Well, you clearly got it right on the first go. So I'm, I'm assuming yeah, you'll then, get the answer you know, for get, that we, as well.
0: We get to the right place, the wrong route. Uh, <laughs> wrong route. <laughs> yeah.
1: we, uh, sometimes we take the Apple Maps instead of the Google Maps. It just <laughs> gets us all lost and somehow <laughs> we end up at the right place. <laughs> but you don't know how.
0: I would say that's the total number of goals he's uh, scored in his professional career.
1: No, hey, yeah. I, I cannot uh, <laughs> fault you at all for that answer as well. Perfectly on the mark. It is it is one two eight three goals in his legendary career that Pele had scored, and uh, hence the book has exactly a thousand two hundred and eighty three copies in print.
0: My God. Okay. To to be fair to uh, to anyone, everyone, everyone listening, I did not know this. I cannot take credit for this. <laughs> I yeah, did, I you totally should absolutely take credit. For... <laughs> I just worked you, it out right. yeah. You managed to this
1: get it right. You managed to get it right. That's all that yes, You know, That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: I am okay. This is a this is a very um, uh, this is a music related question, and it's a favorite question of mine because uh, you know. You'll, you'll hear it. It's basically a story. So, uh, strap in for a story. Okay. So, there are a couple of parts for this. I'll summarize it again, but let me just start off. So, X was a Boris Karloff horror anthology film released okay. in
1: 1963.
0: Okay. Okay. A British band originally called the Polka Tulk Blues. Okay. Uh-huh. which they then called Earth. They they called themselves Earth. Uh, they wrote a song inspired by the work of horror and adventure story writer, Dennis Whitley. They used the name X because it was playing in the theater opposite their rehearsal room. Okay, so there are two, three parts. So there was this movie called X, which is a, Bar- a Boris Karloff anthology film. There was this band, a British band originally called the Polka Took Blues, which they later they called themselves Earth. And they wrote a song and they named the song after this movie because it was playing in the theater opposite. Okay. Okay. Uh, Uh Judas Priest frontman Rob Halford called the track probably the most evil song ever written. Okay. The song's ominous sound and dark lyrics pushed the band into a darker direction which is a very stark contrast to the music of the 1960s which is, you know, a lot of uh, flop or hippie positive kind of thing This was very dark. Okay. Now, inspired by their new sound, they changed their name. The band changed its name to X. Okay. Uh, in, a, in, an, in an effort to kind of write a similar material and to create what they called the musical equivalent of horror films. Hmm. So, what is this X? What is a, which was the name of a movie, which is the name of a track, and then finally it became the name of the band.
1: My instinct was to say Zombies... But that is not... Uh, no. I'm forgetting the name of the band that has composed that song, but yeah, it's not.
0: That was the Cranberries. Right? Nothing is cranberries. The
1: Cranberries, the Cranberries. So yeah, they're an Irish band. <laughs> which, which does not <laughs> very sound sweet like... Uh, <laughs> compared to this band, they're very sweet. A horror movie title called the Cranberries. That would... <laughs> wouldn't be. <laughs> cranberries. That would only be a horror film for uh, the bacteria that cause... UTI. Oh, okay, that's
0: a very deep cut
1: <laughs> but very nice, very nice. <laughs> a I thought you <laughs> <go> for <a laughs> factoid for anybody who's suffering from UTI, cranberries help you.
0: <laughs> yes. No, I thought you were going to say something like oh, there were a horror movie for diabetics or something like that because cranberries are very oh. sweet.
1: <laughs> oh, that also yes. <laughs> that would not be as helpful. I just thought I'll help no, the people with UTI. Not, not, not a helpful. A Oh boy, uh, this uh, when is this band from, roughly? Like, uh, what well, was they, the decade? They were formed in the 1960s. Oh, 60s is a while back, All right? So you said they moved to a, a, a darker tone post uh, this song. Yes. Uh, yeah. Am I to assume that they were in the metal grunge, any of that, any of that space? Uh, or are uh, they metal, more... Yes. Metal,
0: metal, yes. Uh, so they, they became a metal band, frankly. Right? As you can okay, so, uh, identify from the original name, which was the Polka Took Blues, and then later they called themselves Earth, uh, it wasn't a very metaly name.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But the
0: song, and the fact that they named it after a Boris Karloff, obviously Boris Karloff, legend of the horror industry, the man who played the mummy, and Frankenstein and whatnot. So they named it after one of his movies, which, just because it was playing in a theater opposite to where they were writing the song from. The song has been called
1: one of the most evil songs ever written. Most evil songs ever written. Uh, so the, the, the song uh, name, the band name and the movie name are all the same, right?
0: Yes, they're all the same.
1: Oh boy, a band which is, which is named after their own song. Uh, again, Metallica is not that old. i was thinking no, no, Metallica. No. Hmm. No, I don't think I know enough metal bands, so I will need a, a hint. I'm assuming it's a famous band, but yeah, I'm, I'm currently... Oh yeah, it's a very lost. famous
0: band. The front man is uh, very, 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 very famous. Um, okay. He's... Uh, I mean, like, I think if you asked, uh, you know, Gen Z or millennials, they might know him better from a reality
1: TV show. Okay.
0: At least his family, at least his family from... A-
1: if you give me the name, it would become too easy.
0: Yes, because, he, I mean, like, he's he's iconic...
1: Okay, so let's get to the name as the final clue then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, let me ask something uh, just random. Is it uh, how many words are there in the name? Two. Two-worded band name. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, there is a famous movie called Linkin Park. Um, that. Uh, no. There's a song called <laughs> Lincoln Park. I said, No, I can't, I can't no. bluff my way out of this.
0: <laughs> 1960s. Okay, let me just put it this way: the the frontman of the band. Or at least the person we would uh, most recognize with this band is famous for once having bit a live bat on stage. He bit the head of a live bat on stage.
1: Oh, I know this! I know this! He did. Oh my God! This is definitely somebody really metal. (laughs) (laughs) Because I remember this being a trivia. (laughs) This iconic musician doing this. Yes. I'm. I'm. I'm guessing... Let's go by... Uh, let's do some elimination. Okay. Because guess I'm going to eliminate some musicians. It's definitely not Sonu Nigam.
0: Oh, uh, sweet uh, Jesus. Just, why? <laughs> why?
1: That's he... where I start from. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh Oh, God. Who is this guy? Uh Okay, before you give me the name, because I think I know the name, and before you tell me anything about the... Is there any other clue which is not related to this singer?
0: So, the title track... So, if you... uh if you watched the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the mm-hmm. movie that launched the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, the mm-hmm. end credits uh, feature this uh, song. Uh, feature not this song, uh, feature a very famous song by the same band. Like literally when the end
1: credits were. The movie Iron Man.
0: Yes, the movie Iron Man. So, the moment uh, where Tony Stark, you know, that famous press conference where he says, I am Iron oh, Man. Oh, where he says,
1: I am Tony Stark. I am Iron Man, sorry, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then the credits start rolling with this song playing in the background, if I remember correctly. Oh, God. I'm which sorry. is also it by is this sad.
1: Is it, is it by any chance uh, Black Sabbath? Is it Black Sabbath? It is Black Sabbath. It is Black Sabbath. Oh, it is Black Sabbath. Okay, thank God. (laughs) I was whispering the answer. (laughs) Very (laughs) scared. Okay, Black Sabbath. It is Black Sabbath. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Osborne. Uh, Aussie Osborne. Aussie Osborne is the guy who bit the bat. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Fun story about that. uh, Aussie Osborne, he did that in the 80s, if I'm not mistaken, at a concert where he Mm bit the head off a live bat.
1: Surprising right. thing was,
0: he didn't know that it was a live bat. He thought it was a rubber prop.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So he was not <laughs> as metal. <laughs> ah, that <laughs> takes when,
0: when he realized this mistake after he bit into it and heard a crunch. Uh,
1: did, did he <laughs> throw up on stage?
0: I don't think he, I know not know. He, he famously did not, I believe, uh, throw up on stage. But yeah. So, okay. So he's back good. to
1: being metal then. That's quite the yeah, roller coaster bad. you yeah. took me on.
0: I mean, like, of all the people, I mean, like, you cannot, Ozzy Osbourne has earned his metal credentials.
1: It's kind of unfair that that somebody uh, does that on stage and he's immortalized and uh, another man does that in a Wuhan wet market and is somehow responsible for (laughs) shutting us down for two years.
0: Let's
1: not go there. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, I did allegedly, not Quote our podcast as a source for the start of uh, COVID. Yes, we have yeah. no idea. Okay. Okay. okay, so your turn. This has to do with uh, Tetris. I believe I've asked quite a few uh, video game video questions game in the question. past. So this, has, yeah. this yeah. is one more of those. Um, Tetris uh, had... Uh, a very famous, okay, let me phrase it this way. A very famous person was a big fan of Tetris and okay. uh, had had submitted a high score multiple times, um, okay. and eventually was told that they cannot submit any more high scores. So this was actually when you could send your high scores to Nintendo Power magazine. This is back in the 90s, okay. Um, okay. and this particular individual used to submit the, uh, their high scores. And Tetris eventually said, okay, you know what, enough. <laughs> we don't need to some, uh, publish any more of your high scores. So um, they, they couldn't do that anymore. Eventually, this is how they were remembered. So Tetris, uh, were, this is a list of the names that was published a, couple of, uh, a while later. So it okay. has Ivets uh, Kainzow, Kim Gee, Andy Church, Linda Keseker, Greg Kalup, Nick Mamer, and Steven Fu. So I just named seven people. Uh, uh, okay. Can you recognize the famous person in this list? And how did they disguise their name?
0: Okay, can you give me the names again?
1: Ivets Kainzow, Kim okay. Gi. Andy Church, Linda Kesekar, Greg Gallup, Nick Mamer, Stephen Fu.
0: Okay, my first guess would be that they uh, gave an anagram of their own name, right? They mixed up the letters. That would be my no, guess, not,
1: but not I, wouldn't be a terrible guess. Yes, yes.
0: But I, I'm uh, notoriously bad at anagrams, so I can't decipher any of these to tell you which one would be.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's say this person is very famous in the tech industry.
0: The tech industry.
1: Yeah.
0: That, okay, so let's, let's let's name the big names from the eighties. So then that will be uh, there's Bill Gates, there's uh-huh. uh, Steve Wozniak, there's Steve Jobs. Is this
1: Steve Jobs? Uh, you have already gotten the answer in that list of three.
0: Okay, so it's so Bill Gates I then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't Bill Gates. It wasn't Bill it's Gates. It's Steve Wozniak. It is Steve Wozniak. It is Steve Wozniak. <laughs> okay. So he he didn't bother doing too fancy an anagram. He literally reversed the letters of his name. So Ivet okay. Skainzau is Steve Wozniak spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Man, okay, once, again, <laughs> once again, I hit the target
0: uh, without even knowing
1: how I hit the target. <laughs> hey, you just, you just are gifted, Vineet. What do we say? Like no, uh, Wozniak was with way. Tetris. It was very lucky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is a, there's, a, there's a Tetris movie that's released. I, have, I haven't been able to watch it. Apparently, it's it, really good. The
1: trailer looked good. The trailer looked good. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it also. But let me give you some background on this uh, little piece of trivia. So, yes, yes, yes. Uh, in 1990 and 1991... Apple co-founder Steve Woz, Wozniak Woz is his nickname submitted yeah. several high scores to Nintendo Power magazine for the Game Boy version of Tetris. He was Whoa. featured three times. The first was via letter, which included photos and was duly printed. Uh, once with a high score of five zero seven one one zero, and the third Whoa. time was five four six one four five. In the third occasion, he spelled his name backwards because they had already said no to uh, printing his name so many times. <laughs> so he just submitted it under Evet And um, interestingly enough, I, according to a, a website that I was reading this on, they tried to find if his score was beaten eventually. And it turns out that for almost 15 years, nobody beat his score. So for Whoa. 15 years, Steve Wozniak, was the world champion on uh, Tetris on the Game Boy at least. So oh, <laughs> that I don't is think a I ever crossed more than a 5
0: digit score ever on Tetris.
1: Well, uh, that's why you were not uh, in the Nintendo Power yeah, Magazine. I'm sorry to tell you, Vinny. <laughs> And uh, you're also not the co-founder of Apple, so (laughs) it's all
0: right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true, true. Not to to minimize your achievements in life. You've done a lot of wonderful things.
0: Let's be very clear. (laughs) See, (laughs) Bosniak is at a different level altogether. (laughs) Okay, Monica Coughlin, that's C-O-G-H-L-A-N, I think that's how it's pronounced, I'm not sure. Monica Coughlin was was an English woman most famous for having been involved in a controversy surrounding X, this person X, who allegedly paid her £2,000 for sex. Uh, and the aftermath of this whole scandal, this sum of money that is £2,000 is now called X in English slang. As in English slang, okay. as in slang in England, not in general English.
1: Got it. Got
0: uh, who is X?
1: Who is this personality, this celebrity? Okay, this, so it is a sexual scandal. Uh, which decade are we talking about? This is the eighties. How 80s. old is this slang? This okay. is the eighties. It is named after the person who, who paid yeah, Monica
0: uh, X. X basically uh, X paid uh, Monica Copeland two thousand pounds for sex. It became a huge scandal, and then in the aftermath of that, what happened was the uh, it, you know the English Cockney rhyming slang and you know, all we have. So among right, those right, slangs, right. uh, this person's name. X's name became the right. term used for saying two thousand pounds instead of saying two thousand pounds. They'd say, "Give me an X."
1: Interesting. Um, and it's an English politician. Yes, I would have to no. I don't think. I'm, is it a prime minister? Is it an English prime minister? Is it a
0: no? It's in, a it's a politician you know very well, but probably not for being a politician.
1: Oh damn. Okay, so then I'll have to ask what do we know this person as famously for?
0: He is famous for being an
1: author. An English author who was also a politician.
0: Yeah, for a very long time. He had a very long political career.
1: Caught up in a sex scandal. English author. Wow, all the English authors I know are women.
0: Very uh, feminist of you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true, true. Maybe or maybe just uh, the fact that I have loved reading. Some.
0: I'm guessing Charles Dickens is rolling over in his grave right now. And so is <laughs> Rudyard Kipling. Who?
1: Who's 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 that? Who's that? <laughs> Never <laughs> heard of that King. one. Either. Kipling?
0: Kipling? Who and Arthur Conan Doyle? Hey, no, nobody knows him. <laughs>
1: Was he ever knighted? <laughs> Sounds like if your name is just Arthur Doyle, then you don't deserve my respect. <laughs> okay, and none of these men are also obviously from the decade you mentioned. Is Sidney is, uh, Sheldon an English author? No, Sidney
0: Sheldon was American.
1: Oh, he's an American author. Though you are close, if you are somebody
0: who's read a lot of Sidney Sheldon, chances are you've also read... Uh, because I mean, like there were contemporaries in the fact that their novels became popular roughly around the same time.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was thinking a popular writer, not somebody more obscure. No, a very popular writer. Um, very popular
0: writer. Especially during our generation, Gen X, Gen Zs and Millennials, maybe not so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Xennials, the ones who are between Gen X and Millennials, yeah. Uh, okay. For us, yeah.
1: Um, oh. No, but that guy is American as well. The guy who has written a bunch of those uh, law uh, novels based on the law and the John trial Grisham. and uh, Grisham. Grisham is American as well. Yeah, he's American. Um, okay, shall I give American. you a clue? Oh, uh, is it by any chance Jeffrey Archer? Yes, it
0: is Jeffrey Archer.
1: Oh, okay. Nice. Wait, Jeffrey Archer was a politician? I had no idea. Yeah,
0: he was an MP for mm. a very long time. He was, a, okay, so huh. there's a long story and uh, this is a story which is Conveniently been forgotten by a lot of people. Uh, Okay. I think it it deserves a little bit of because this woman was treated very shabbily. So, I believe uh, her story needs to be told. So, uh, Monica Coughlin was an English woman. She was at the center of a scandal that involved conservative politician and author Jeffrey Archer in 1987. Uh, So, what happened was in 1986, Coghlan picked up a client at Shepherd Market. Aziz Kurta, a businessman who saw him with Coughlin, identified him as Jeffrey Archer, who was then the Conservative Party's deputy chairman. Kurta sold the story of Archer seeing a prostitute to a tabloid newspaper. Rather than print the unverified story, the paper decided to organize a sting by getting Coughlin to ask Archer for money to stay silent. On 24th of October 1986, the News of the World filmed and audio taped Michael Stackpole, a representative of Jeffrey Archer, giving Coughlin £2,000 in £50 notes on Platform 3 of London's Victoria Station to leave the country to avoid reporters. Coughlin also okay. earned £6,000 from the newspapers for taking part in the sting operation. Archer admitted to giving uh, Coughlin travel funds, but sued the Boulder Daily Star for printing that he and Coughlin had had sex for money. So what happened was there was a big trial that happened and during the trial, Coghlan broke down in tears repeatedly on cross-examination but continued to assert the truth of the newspaper story, dramatically calling Archer a liar in court. In late 1999 and 2000, as Archer was running for mayor of London, several of his confederates who had testified at the trial for him began recanting their stories. And in 2000, Mm. September, he was charged with perjury. His trial due to open next May. However, Mm. On 26 April 2001, drug addict Gary Day crashed a stolen Jaguar S-Type into Coughlin's Ford Fiesta outside West Yorkshire, and uh, Mm. she died. Her car was catapulted through a wall, lay in the wreck for about an hour, and had to be cut out of the wreckage through the car roof. Following her death and Archer's conviction for perjury, on July 20th, 2001, the English Collective of Prostitutes wrote an open letter to The Guardian newspaper, supporting her vindication and calling her unjustly branded by her sex, race and class and by the prostitution laws which label and condemn women. Archer was jailed for his perjury, uh, receiving a four-year sentence. In 2,000 pounds in Cockney, rhyming slang is now called an Archer, alleged to be the amount that he paid.
1: Oh, that's a heavy story. Mm, Unfortunate death there and... uh... A man who lied to save his reputation. Not very uncommon. Not at all common. And an and author I, I actually like. I, Jeffrey Archer is an author. I have liked his books and um, goes to show oh, yeah. sometimes it's, it's,
0: that, yeah. He's one of many of those people who, as a person, you may not like them, but their work is a different story. Yeah,
1: yeah. Same as, yeah, as, as it so happens.
0: Yeah, same like Mel Gibson, Austin Scott Card. <laughs> You know, Sean Penn
1: Ooh. These are not men. I had yeah I did not know Orson Scott Card also has skeletons in his closet but then again yeah, every human the, being does. Everybody has
0: everybody has skeletons
1: in their closet. The two authors that I was thinking of the British authors were Enid Blyton and uh J.K. Rowling and of course as human beings go they also Enid
0: Blyton I would say was a product
1: of our uh, anybody could be perhaps uh, have a multitude of reasons for doing the things questionable things that they did in their uh, life, and yeah, being a product of your times is one of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Either ways, their their work does uh, does mean Stand a lot to a lot of people, them. including me. Yeah, so that's that. But uh, lovely question.
0: So I think uh, we have run out of time for today. Aditya, do you have a question you want to ask?
1: Uh, of course, I do. And uh, the question uh, this uh, week is going to be, if a 100 meter dash was to be co-opted by a country and uh, put an unrelated name on top of what would it be called and which country would it be, you have to tune in next week to find out the answer to that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That might be the only reason why the people might tune in to watch the for <laughs> two years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. no but uh, that's all for this episode thank you guys everyone for listening in we hope you enjoyed the show that you learned something new if you liked what you heard please consider subscribing to our podcast it takes two seconds leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform five stars if possible it helps us reach a wider audience and allows more people to enjoy and discover the show we'd also love to hear from you feedback suggestions trivia sponsorship whatever you can reach us on instagram at are you quizzing me We appreciate your support and look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. Before we sign out, let me just remind you to stay tuned for the fact check after the musical sting. Fact checker General Aditya Kashyap will be back to cover our asses for whatever blunders we may have uh, committed during this episode. So that's all from me.
1: Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. And I should also watch out for uh, an airstrike anytime soon. So.
0: (laughs) you'll read it in tomorrow's newspaper
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right bye-bye and here's the fact check for the episode Dan Brown's 2001 novel Deception Point had in its cover art a clue which hinted at his next novel and perhaps most famous one, The Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code had a clue to his next novel in turn, The Lost Symbol. James Gunn has claimed that there is a secret easter egg in Guardians of the Galaxy, which fans have not yet fully discovered. He has stated he will only reveal it after the release of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. EFLI had only one season of American football in India in 2012. The Pune Marathas were the champions in that season. All games for this inaugural season were played in Sri Lanka. The Pele Biography 1283 is a 500-page limited edition book. And that's all for the fact check.